Good morning. I want to welcome you to worship here at Memorial. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're grateful that you're here. If you're a guest today, we're so happy to have you. Um, our service is laid out in the bulletin. We have sermons uh, printed off in the back. Um, if you uh, have trouble hearing, which can certainly be the case in a church building, um, it's not a, a manuscript, but it's an outline. That's what I use and uh, will help you keep up. And we have restrooms uh, in the back. And if you have a child, uh, my mother always said, if you hear children in the church, it means your church is alive. So don't worry about the sounds of your children. We're happy to have them. A couple of notes. Um, giving envelopes are available uh, from Ann. If you have received giving envelopes in the past and you want to get them, uh, make sure you see Ann. If you have never done that before and you've pledged for the coming year and you need envelopes, um, you can call our church office and we'll make sure that you get them. Um, you can pick up your poinsettias today after this worship service. We're grateful um, for you contributing to the beauty of each of our worship spaces and you can get them uh, after the service. Christmas Eve service will be at 5.30 here. We tried to balance um, what part of the day you would like to come here without messing up your dinner while being able to have children while, uh, who knows, there, surely there was another thing. Um, but we hope that 5.30 is the best time for y'all. Um, I'll um, make you aware that, you, you know, we have parking here, but we also have a great parking lot on this side, and the grass that's in front of our parking lot is also available to us. And the, further, the furthest you are capable of parking, I would encourage you to park there. Um, to make sure that people um, who need closer parking in such a um, uh, tight, uh, busy service can have that parking. I would appreciate that. Um, the good news of the week is that we've purchased the items we need for the organization of our church in the future from the pumpkin patch. Um, we have um, things that are going to increase the security of our children. We're going to be able to have um, online giving. We're going to uh, shore up our room reservations and the way in which you uh, reserve rooms in this church, which is getting ever, ever more important. And um, worship structure, the way we structure our worship online uh, will be um, uh, more categorized and also event registrations. So it's going to take us a little while. We're going to um, make some mistakes with it and then we're going to get it right and then I think it will uh, really set us up for um, success in the coming year. Um, one thing about the worship the uh, lighting of the Advent candle will be in between the Gloria Patri and the reception in the membership when we'll have great families come join our church. Um, our secretary, Beth, was a serious uh, trooper this week. Her mother, June, was not well. Uh, now gets to go home from the hospital, but Beth basically did the bulletin from the hospital on her computer, which is still an upgrade from me doing the bulletin in my office on the computer. Uh, so we're grateful for her showing that up, but uh, a couple little things there that you'll see in the order that'll make sense. Grateful to have David Bowles here today who's playing the hammered dulcimer. I don't know how many of y'all have experienced a hammered dulcimer and a um, pin flute, but you're going to today. And uh, that's just the kind of thing that happens when you have uh, Don gathering all his friends, uh, which, is, which is fun to have him in worship. So let's... Um, that's got to be enough for y'all to process 5.30. And if you'll park away as far as possible, um, we're going to have communion for families that can't stay for the service from 4.30 to 5. You'll just come in the sanctuary and I'll be here and I'll serve you communion. You can stay and pray as long as you like and then you may go. That will stop at 5 so that at 5.10 we can have a... Um, um, we call it carols. Prelude um, with carols uh, uh, by Don. So let's begin our worship service. Thank you. 
Please stand as you're able for our first hymn, Good Christian Friends Rejoice, page 224. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. of your steadfast love, O Lord. Forever with my mouth, I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David, I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. New life is coming. God is breaking through. We will all be changed by the language of love. The love of God is never ending. Today we light the candle of love. We give thanks for God's steadfast love. Those who are joining the church this morning, come forward.
All right? Y'all scoot down so we can be part of it. <laughs> when you're a minister of a church, they say, people ask you, especially ministers, they say, um, where are you serving now? And they say, Memorial in Greer. They go, oh. How many members do they have there? And bang. And then the next question, I'll say, I don't know. I, I don't I'll focus on members as much as I focus on worship attendance, people coming. And they go, hmm, how many people are coming? And they determine how I'm doing based on those two numbers. That's it. Forget the rest of it. I say, we got a new mission initiative for child They concern themselves with the numbers, but do we concern ourselves as much with the um, participation? The liturgy in the United Methodist Church gives you an opportunity to reaffirm your membership should you be a member here and also bless their pursuit of membership. I'll ask y'all to turn to page 47 in your hymnal. And y'all don't need one. You're okay. Look at reception into the United Methodist Church. Let those persons who are members of other communions in Christ's holy church and who now desire to enter into fellowship of this congregation present themselves to be received into the membership of the United Methodist Church. That's a fancy way to say, are y'all coming from another denomination? Anyone coming from another denomination, step forward. And y'all answer this question for me. Will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If you will, say, I will. All right? If y'all step back. Let those who are members of other congregations of the United Methodist Church and who now desire to enter into fellowship of this congregation present themselves to be welcomed. That's a fancy way of saying what? If you're coming from another United Methodist Church, step forward. These, men, these new members are coming from other United Methodist Churches. And when you're coming from another United Methodist Church, you're simply welcomed into the family. And I'm going to ask you all a question once I go down the line, if you all will step back. Step forward just a little bit, everybody. Simon says step forward a little bit. Ryan and Jennifer Sanders, Don Hauser, Cheryl and Megan Spade, Fred and Debbie Parker, Eddie and Gail Septon, Nelson and Frida Stokes are joining our church today. Um, we're adding to our retired clergy today. We are building an army of retired clergy with varied gifts. And for that, I am grateful. <laughs> it either makes it easy or hard, one way or the other. Okay, look back at page 48. If y'all will um, read the bold. Brothers and sisters, I commend to your love and care these persons whom we this day receive into membership of Memorial United Methodist. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. 
we rejoice to recognize you as members of Christ's holy church and bid you welcome to this congregation of the United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service. With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ, that surrounded by steadfast love, you may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, bless, preserve, and keep you all now and evermore. Amen. Let's welcome them to our congregation. Um, next week, we'll have ways to share their profiles with you. I know you know a number of them because they've come for a number of years. And that's, I love for someone to be mistaken for a member based on their activity. That's tremendous. And um, I, I can't be more grateful um, to have you all joining our church. I'm grateful for the um, spirit and talents that you all represent. Thank you. Welcome. You all can return to your seats. And as y'all are going to your seats, if the children will come forward for the children's sermon. for Christmas? Why, why do we have Christmas? Why? Good for you. She said, if you didn't hear her, because to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Some people seem to think it's about Santa Claus and Rudolph, but it really isn't, is it? Well, do you know the song, or the hymn, the carol, it has different names, called Silent Night? Do you know what one? You know what I'm talking about? Do you know how it came to be written? Well, in 1818, which is 197 years ago, a man who was a preacher, his name was Joseph Moore, and he wanted a new song for his church for their Christmas service. And he tried and tried to think of what to write, but he couldn't think of it. And he was even more worried because their organ was broken. Now this was in a country called Austria, and it was very, very cold, and it had a lot of snow. The only person that they knew who could fix the organ lived in another town, and it was over the mountain. It was too far away to even go tell him they needed him and then for him to come and fix the organ. So he was really worried that they were going to have a Christmas service without any music. <coughs> it was the afternoon of Christmas Eve when he heard a knock at his door. And there was an older lady, and she came to tell the preacher that a young couple from their church who lived in a cabin out in the woods had had a new baby that day, a baby boy. And they really wanted the preacher to come and see their baby and, and say a prayer for him. He really didn't want to walk through that snow. It was up to his knees. 
but he knew that this is something his people needed and he wanted, and he went. When he got there, he saw the mother and the baby. The baby was in a, in a little crib that the father had made. He didn't have to be in a manger. But it was a cold day, and he didn't stay very long because he didn't want to have to walk home in the dark. And I, but on his way home, he saw stars shining, and he was thinking about that family that just had the new baby. And that got him thinking about Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And somehow, all of a sudden, these words just came into his head. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. That whole him just came to him. And he, so as soon as he got home, he wrote it down. He didn't want to forget. And then early the next morning, he went to see his friend, Franz Gruber. Franz usually played the organ, but of course the organ was broken. But Franz did play guitar. And so he showed him the words he had written down. He said, do you think you could come up with something on your guitar that would sound good with this? And maybe at least you and I could sing it as a duet in the, in the service, because they were going to have a service on Christmas Day. By the way, Christmas Day is going to be on a Sunday next year. I wonder if everybody had thought about that. But anyway, they were going to have uh, a service on Christmas Day. And Franz said, I can do that. So they had this, they did it. He came, he wrote a song and uh, the music and they figured it out and the two of them sang that day in church, in the church service. Now, uh, I really hoped we would have a, a guitar here today and that we could try to sing it. I don't, that didn't work out for me. but. I will read to you, and if you know them, say the words with me. I don't think we all want to sing for the whole church, do you? Or do you want to start singing? I'm not much of a singer. But the words are silent night, holy night, all is calm. That means it was quiet. All is bright. What was bright? St stars, yeah. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant. Who was a holy infant? Baby Jesus, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Now that's just the first verse. The second verse talks about the shepherds coming, and the third verse talks about the stars. If you want to read more, look in your hymnal on page 239 and you can read the rest of it. Now we're going to say a prayer, and then after the prayer, I want to give each one of you something for Christmas. This is stickers. Do you like stickers? When you take this sheet home, you can make your own picture with a stable and Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and some of the animals and the kings. And then I also have an ornament for each one of you to take home. And on the back of the ornament, it says, Jesus is the reason for the season. The season being Christmas, and Jesus, as you said, Jesus is the reason we have Christmas. So I want you to put something on your tree that's a, that is about baby Jesus. Okay? Bow your heads, we'll say our prayer, and then we'll give you that. Dear God, thank you for sending 
us, your son Jesus, to live on earth and teach the people about you, God. We are happy to have a Sunday school and a church where we can learn more about Jesus. And we thank you for sending him, for Jesus is the reason for the season of Christmas. Amen.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the Scripture passages that we read are a perfect reflection of what's going on in our lives. There are a number of things to be done, a number of places to reserve, a number of things pulling on our time. Yet there's opportunities for relationships, for comfort, for connection. Lord, help us to consider those who are not well this season, in the short term or in the long term. Help us, Lord, to reach out to them. Help us in this service to read the text of Mary and Elizabeth, truly celebrating something that would impact this world forever. Bless us in our hymns and in our prayers, Lord, that in this season of preparation, we may truly expect and want change in our lives. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you'll pass the attendance register uh, down your aisle. If you're a visitor, we'd love to contact you if you just tell us which way to do that.
Please be seated. I invite you to turn to page 1588 in your pew Bible if you'd like to read along. Page 1588. reading Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 39. We went to a, um, a Christmas spectacular at the Peace Center with Katie's parents this week, and there was the symphony orchestra and two um, Broadway singers and ballet dancers, and they would trade off what they were going to do. It was fun. Um, they sang Mary, Did You Know, which is, you know, is a beautiful song. Um, the funny thing I've seen about that recently was on Twitter and uh, a minister uh, that I like to follow said, yeah, she did. She sang about it. <laughs> it was in the Magnificat. Um, and that's what we're about to read. She knew a number of tremendous things that Jesus was going to do, and it's in the scripture passage that we're reading right now. Luke 1, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with joy with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb wept for joy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a welcomed guest is a whole lot of fun. You know, we have people that, you know, mildly welcomed and then not all that welcomed. But when we have welcomed guests, it's a really great time to let loose and have fun with one another. Think of all the things that you have to do when you have someone over. There's basically two types of people in this world. There's people that clean and people that straighten. And um, if left unchecked, the two sides will mock one another and everything that they do, thinking their side is useless. Um, Katie and I have worked through this over many years. But I love to straighten. When you come in the house, the plate that should be in the place where it is, is where it is. Um, it plate clean because she had it, because she did something with it. The windows or the tables or whatever uh, little things that I would never see in a million years. You clean and you straighten. You carefully consider all the elements that you need for the meal, whether it's um, an enormous turkey meal, whether it's uh, simple hamburgers, whether it's taco soup. You have to think about everything that you need far beyond the time that you invite them and them walking in the door. Sometimes you, sometimes you take out special dinnerware for the occasion. Um, we live in a parsonage now. Many of you know it's just right over there. It's, we've never lived in a house that had a dining room. So now with a dining room, we have a break front. And since there's a break front, we have our china in there, which previously was displayed in boxes that were taped over in our garage <laughs> that we toted from every house, never to be opened until we arrived in Greer, South Carolina. We've had more people over in this house in just six months than we probably had in five years in any of our other houses because we have the availability to do it. So 
You carefully take out special dinnerware, and that may be really fancy paper products. But you're doing something where you have everything that you need in order for those people to be ready. But why do that? Um, one of my favorite comedians of all time is the uh, silent partner in Seinfeld, which is Larry David. And Larry David had his own show following Seinfeld, and he said, why would we do that? That's, why would you bring people over to your house and then feed them? And then they leave. That's insane. Because he's incredibly selfish and doesn't want to go to that effort to feed other people. Which, of course, I'm uh, generous with my time and want to feed people. But I just think it's funny for someone to say it like that. But Becca Garber said about, uh, you know, I googled, why would you have people over for dinner? And she writes a family column online and she said this. Three words. Connection comfort, and relief. Getting beyond surface communication. Think how much of your conversation is surface communication. Things that can't get to the bottom of it because we don't have time, or they can't get to the bottom of it because this individual can't process the stuff that I need to tell them. But when you have people over, you can get to a deeper level. You sit around the same table for a little while, you might actually learn something about each other. Comfort. Easing up on the pressure of normal life. So usually when you're sitting around that dinner table, you might have the pressure of your, kid, your children behaving or something in the kitchen going well or the oven working, you know, whatever it is, but it's not the normal life pressure. You're relieving that pressure and you're spending time with other people. And finally, relief. Reassurance that people out there have similar struggles, interests, and desires that you do. Because one of the hardest things we can experience in this world is that we are the only one feeling what we are feeling. And so if you, she didn't write that article in terms of Christmas or in terms of Jesus. She wrote it for uh, people hosting people. But if you apply those three words, connection, comfort, and relief, to Mary and Elizabeth, it's really powerful. Because Elizabeth was, is far beyond the normal years in which she would have a child. And so she's isolated among her peers. Mary is far before the years where you would normally have a child and would thus be isolated from her peers. And to have a connection with one another over a similar event with total significance would mean something. Comfort. Think about the pressures that have been placed on them. We're having a baby, period. There, there's pressure right there. End it. But what they've been told about what these babies will do, they can talk to one another, they can comfort one another, and relief. Reassurance that there are people out there experiencing the thing, same thing that I am experiencing. Though they're different ages, they have similar experiences. I read a great quote by a seminary professor, Judith Jones. She said, by greeting Mary with honor, Elizabeth overturns social expectations. Mary is an unmarried, pregnant woman. She might expect social judgment, shame, even ostracism from her older kinswomen. So the scripture says he entered Zechariah's home, which is, that's the way that you say it back then. But is Zechariah significant in this story? Mm -mm. The two women in this story are the significant ones. And when you read Luke's gospel, you're going to see how critical the author of Luke thinks women are to this story. And we need to reflect that as well.
The other thing is that this is the opposite of the woman at the well. So the woman at the well, she's going to the well in the heat of the day in a time when no one would do that, toting that awful um, <coughs> pot so that she can bring water back, going the hottest part of the day. The reason being, I've got to avoid every other woman in this community out of fear of what they will think and say about me. What's Elizabeth doing? The opposite. She's welcoming Mary into her home and overturning social expectations. Verse 45 reads, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. So this is a sacred practice that Mary is participating in. Something where that has happened since the very beginning, God calling people on the edge to come back to the middle and take an enormous leadership role. And God calls those people on the edge for multiple reasons. Setting the standard of inclusiveness is the first one. You know, if a person is a little bit different or a little bit hard to deal with, we might put them just a little bit on the outside. Because life is hard enough when we're dealing with people that are just like us, who act like us, who speak like us, who do exactly what we hope they'll do. Much less somebody that's going to make it a little more difficult, so we put them out on the edge. God calls those people out on the edge, and God says, you're going to do the thing. These people had so very little to lose socially, sometimes occupationally. Is that a word? They don't have anything to lose because they're out on the edge and they don't know what they're going to do anyway. Another great uh, comedian friend uh, uh, that I love to follow is Jim Gaffigan. And he said, um, he's Catholic, his, his wife's devout, they go to church all the time, and he makes fun of church, I think, in a, in a, I think a fairly reverent way, a funny way. Jesus said, um, leave everything and follow me. And Gaffigan said about those fishermen that they said, uh, you mean this pole? <laughs> like, this is what you want? Okay. These guys aren't doing incredibly significant things that they cannot leave behind for society. Now they're doing incredibly significant things for their family. Tradition. But these guys have nothing to lose, and they're willing to go with him and follow him. And finally, unlocked potential. You know, a person that hasn't been asked to do something is out on the edge, wonders whether they have the talent or skill or confidence. You know, they're going to kind of be over here. So my daughters are 12 and 10. So I've coached sports for seven years, t-ball and basketball. And I've seen uh, drastic differences in boys and girls. Boys can get there much faster and do things with much more power, to begin with at least. But girls listen. Girls will actually go to the spot that we talked about going to because they listen to what we were talking about and then they're in the right spot. She had a boy in uh, um, T-ball, five-year-old, could hawk any ball down, but he wouldn't go to the spot that I told him to go. And if a ball went to first base and he was a shortstop, 
Where's he running? All the way to first base. Now, some of the girls I talked to, I said, look, this is your spot. If anything comes in your way, it's your job to stop it. Now, they might be a little slower initially, but they listen to what I said. When you get a person who might be shy, who might be humble, who might be previously set aside, and you empower them, and you say, I, I really think you can do this. There's not a basketball season that goes by that I don't have a player that I didn't know who's a little shy, that once we give them a little confidence, all of a sudden takes a shot and makes it, and then they stand up a little bit straighter, and then they play a little harder, and then they might hustle more than anybody on that team because now they've got an opportunity. But these people have to be willing to try. The professor said, Mary is blessed not only for her status as a mother of the Lord, but also for her trust in God's promise. So we could be told any number of things. In fact, commercials have conditioned us to wonder if they're actually going to give us what they say they're going to give us. We walk into pretty much any scenario and they say, oh, well, when you come during the Christmas season, you're going to get this deal, and then you, and you go, wait, now." When God says, I'm going to call you, and you're going to have a child, and that child's going to change everything, you could easily say, I don't know. Zechariah, in fact, said, how can this be? Zechariah is in the temple and is approached by the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel says, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a son, and it's going to be amazing. And Zechariah says, mm, how, how do I know this is going to happen? The angel says, well, I'm an angel. How's that? <laughs> by the way, you will not speak until this child is born. He goes to Mary, Gabriel says to Mary, you're going to have a child, it's going to be amazing. She says, how can this be? He gives her a little bit of a break, I guess, because she's still learning. And he explains it. You're going to have a child. It's too big for humans. They can't process it. Listen to 51. Mary says, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is um, talk of upheaval. Scattering the proud, bringing down rulers, filling the hungry, just as he promised, she said. Judas said, this passage shows God already at work to overturn the world's structures and expectations. And Mary was carrying it on. Verse 56 says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Think what they shared in those three months. Think how strange it would be for Zechariah not to be able to speak for those three months. Or would that be amazing, ladies, for the Zechariah to not be able to speak for three months? In that time, they're sharing with one another. They're growing in their connection, their comfort, and their relief from life's stresses. I encourage you as we read this text to look around you in your church, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, and see people that need these sorts of things. It's not complicated what you offer to them. It's quite simple. I want to pursue a relationship with you so that I can comfort you in this season 
so that we can have a connection, so that we can share this amazing message. That's how I got to here. That's how I got to 2015 in Greer, this story, by people doing that. Let's take our turn and share this story with others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand as you're able for our final hymn, number 240, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It was really fun to have you in worship. Thank you for being here. Welcome anytime. 5.30. We'll start at 5.10 with a uh, um, prelude of Christmas carols. We will not have a nursery. Your children will be in here in the worship service so that everyone can be here. If they sound like donkeys and cattle, well, it'll be about right. It'll be about how that night was. We'll be grateful uh, to have them. Make sure you park further away if you can um, to help out other people.
Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power and presence of our God, the love of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Merry Christmas everyone.